Welcome back to the Grand Valley Church Podcast, a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope this message helps you meet Jesus and grow in faith. Well, as I said, we're going to start by start off this portion of our service, but I'm going to invite Monroe and and we're going to just have them, they're going to be sharing some stories with us about what God's been doing in their life lately. So first off, thank you all for being willing to share and kind of share your stories with. And so I have two questions um, that I'm going to ask you guys um, to help, help you kind of share your story, what's going on. So Monroe, um, I'm going to start with you. Uh, what's something that God's been doing in your life lately that you wanted to share? I think when I was younger, I had the uh, idea, I wonder what will happen, how it will grow when I'm an older person. You know, like, will I know everything before I get there, or what is it like? Um, I've been amazed at God's, God's gentleness over the last while. God has been teaching me. He's gentle, and he is non-condemning. Even when he needs to correct my way, there's never any condemnation. Um, just, uh, just some practical stuff, some stuff I... We were in a. We, uh, I, I was a graduate of, of, of uh, Briarcrest College, and we had a class reunion scheduled this spring. And uh, you know, I could go online and see that, boy, the guys I want to see aren't coming. And actually, there are not very many coming. And should we go? Should we not? Should we go? Should we not? And so finally, one day, I said, "Okay, God, should we go?" The answer came, and it surprised me completely. It was non-condemning, but it said, I gave you the answer. I said, what? So I'm going to start thinking back. She said, where did I miss this? Something. And my thoughts went back to the day before, when out of the blue, I'd been thinking about, I hadn't been thinking about, but out of the blue had come these thoughts to me. Maybe it's not about you. Maybe it's about you being a blessing to somebody else. The decision was made, we went, and yes, it was a small class. But it was one of those, it was, it, it, there was no, no condemnation. It was, it was all gentleness and just, this is the way you should go. Uh, this spring also, I had, uh, it was a day when I had my annual meeting with my ophthalmologist, whatever, the guy who looks after your eyes. <laughs> and... Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, woke up that morning, and the song, um, God of Wonders Beyond All, whatever it is, forget the words. Anyway, we hadn't sung that song for a long time. Hadn't sung it at church for a while. I hadn't sung it. I couldn't even remember the words. So I said to Vange, what are the words to the song? And she couldn't remember them all either. And so we went online and looked at the words. And yeah, God of Wonders, yes, yes that's the one. And so that song kept running through my mind all day, all morning. And, you know, I sat down and, and read my Bible. And I had a sense God wanted to talk to me. Now, just back up a little bit. My mother had macular degeneration. I am genetically disposed to have it. And I thought I had sensed some change in my eyesight. So I finally said, okay, God... What have you got for me today? And just like that, you're anxious about your eyes. And I says, no, I'm not. 
goes, oh, okay, okay, that was the wrong answer. Uh, so I said, thought about it, and I prayed and said, okay, God, forgive me for my lack of faith and trust in you. And I dealt with it for a while, and my, I remember my last sentence of prayer was, and God, I will trust you even if the answer is not good. And, and, and the peace that flooded me was great. And then I almost missed it, because I had to go back and review my thoughts. But tucked in between two other thoughts were the words, I will take care of you. Wow. Followed by the quote from Psalm 37.4. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and I will take care of you. He says, wait a minute. That's not correct. So I went and looked. He will take care of you. But what I heard was, I will take care of you. No, sorry. I will, sorry. I will give you the desires of your heart. That's what it is. Sorry, I'm getting my verses mixed up. I will give you desires. And I said, wow, God. That's absolutely fabulous. And again, through the whole thing, there was no condemnation. There was always a gentleness. Thanks, Monroe. For you, Jill, uh, what's something that God's been doing in your life lately? Um, just to kind of echo a little bit of what Monroe said about God being not condemning. I think for me, I've for a long time struggled with trying to do devotions daily. And it's been like a guilt thing that I feel like if I am not good at that, then you kind of don't want to keep... like come back to God because you feel bad and there's always a million things to do. But um, I've just realized that that, I don't know if that rings true for anybody else, but that that feeling of guilt um, is not from God. And that's a lie of the devil to keep us away. And it just keeps pushing us away from that. So I've, I don't know. I mean, I've been a Christian ever since I was a kid, a small child, and for some reason, it's taken me a long time to kind of get over that. Um, I feel like now I am able to just approach God and seek Him, and I don't kind of have that um, little bit of guilt garbage hanging over my head. So that's one thing that's really allowed me to be able to just like seek God and um, connect with Him. And um, and I've just been trying to um, introduce to some new ideas about how to um, listen for God and just that that is a big part of my life um, or try to seek for that to be a big part of my life. And um, I guess it was back in February. I was just kind of praying over a situation that um, a person in my life is going through. And it just... It was really discouraging. It felt really hopeless. And I want to help, and I want to be a help. And just asking God, like, what can I do? And I know there's nothing that I can do to fix the situation. And um, I kind of asked God to give me a message for this person. And I got um, three words, don't give up. And I thought, well, that was kind of obvious. I probably made that up. Um, But I I sent it. I sent a text message and sent it to this person and just said, I've been trying to practice, like, listening prayer. And this is what I got, and I just wanted to share it with you. And um, it wasn't until several months later 
that I had a chance to connect with this person um, who really means a lot to me. And they said that if they didn't receive that message that day, that they might not be here. And so I was just amazed at God using my unbelief, my lack of faith, and I just doubted, but he was so faithful, and I just, I can't deny how he showed up. So that encourages me, and just spurs me on to like keep trying to connect with God, see what he has, and to just... Um, see how I can be used by him. Thank you, Jill. And Teresa, uh, what's God been doing in your life lately? So we have kind of, I might cry too. (laughs) Um, We have been on kind of a prayer journey for a really long time, um, almost 12 years to be exact. Um, And I just kind of want to encourage those of you who may be on the same kind of a prayer journey about kind of anything, um, that um, God is faithful to us and is always listening and he has a plan and sometimes the plan is not the same as ours um, but there is timing and, and, and his plan is what is going to happen, not ours. So we have um, recently found out that we, after the 12 years I said um, that we are expecting our first biological baby. (laughs) So it was a little bit of a surprise and took a really long time actually for me to accept that, Um, including like seeing an ultrasound. I'm like, no, that's something else in there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But just that the fact that, you know, God is listening to us, and he is faithful to us. And um, as Monroe said, you know, he will give us the deepest desires of our hearts, and that has happened um, for us. So, I guess you pass the mic back to Monroe there. And so the, the second question that I want to ask you, each of you is this one. What have you been doing kind of recently to help your faith and your relationship with God grow deeper? I can't top that last story. <laughs> Um, I'm not quite sure I want to answer it as what what am I doing because I I don't think it's a recipe I don't think it's a blueprint I think it's an attitude I think it's an attitude that I have I have adopted that says everything I have comes from God and rooted in that is, is is a profound and deep thankfulness that I pay try to pay attention to and thank God whenever I have an opportunity. So it's, it's from that, and, and one of the things that I, this my prayer of my life is, um, I, I want to be aware of God's spirit. I want to be aware of God in my life. And the prayer has been, Lord, make me sensitive to your spirit. And he does. And so, uh, yes, I've heard him over the years, but it still continues. And and it's it's amazing some of the things happen. If if I listen, uh, it's quite an adventure sometimes. Uh, the, the, the path goes in a different different way. And it's always not words. Like it's sometimes it's a nudge. And a nudge this week, Tuesday said, 
go and cut those dead trees down beside the church doors. And I says, God, it's a hot day. <laughs> and so I cut them down. Um, but uh, a while back, you know, we've been married for over 50 years, Banj and I have, and it's been great. But, you know, sometimes there's arguments, and there was a recurring argument that just keeps cropping up over and over and for years. And it's about a stupid jacket. It's my, it was about my jacket that I wore in my shop. Now, it was an old jacket. It, um, it, it in its heyday, was a beautiful team jacket. You couldn't wash it. You had to dry clean it and all that type of stuff. But it was past that. Was I could wipe my hands on it, and it was great. But it was dirty, and Vange didn't like a dirty jacket. And so there was this argument going on. Anyway, in the middle of uh, this, this stupid argument is up there again. I haven't even worn the jacket for months. And I'm thinking to God, how can we... This is stupid. Anyway, stomped off. About half an hour later, buy a new jacket. And again, without thinking, my response is, that's not fair, God. You can't take sides. <laughs> okay. I believe God was speaking to me. I say, okay, what am I going to do? Um, I'm not going to give her an upper edge right away. So I went home, took the jacket out of the closet, stuffed it in a bag, put it in the trash bin and rolled the trash bin to their lane because the garbage truck was coming by in an hour. So it was gone, so I couldn't take it back out. And then I went and bought a new jacket. And my other response to God was, that's wasteful. You shouldn't, I shouldn't spend $100 on a jacket for the shop. I went and bought it and hung it in the place where the old jacket was and hoped that Vange would find out, but she didn't. So I finally wore it, and she didn't even notice it was a new jacket. So anyway. <laughs> But it's, it's, all I'm saying is, is the, the, the journey is delightful and surprising. And when I pray to God, I want to be aware of your spirit. Your, he does. And he chooses how he wants to communicate with me and when. But it's, it's, it's an amazing journey. Oh, the jacket story. That one's come up a few times in other meetings. Uh, <laughs> Jill, um, how about for you? What's something that's been helping your relationship with God grow deeper over the past couple months? Um, I've realized that any time I am feeling somewhat distant from God and just anxious, like I just need to get alone with God. And for me and for a lot of people that have young kids or in, in, in any stage of life, it can just be, there's always other things to do. Um, I've been trying to really make it a priority when my kids are napping that I just do that, that I I spend time with God. I find that that's the best time that I can get um, uninterrupted. And um, it's it's a really hard discipline. I don't always get it right. But that's um, just having that time with God has allowed me to, and yeah, I feel like I feel like as God has um, revealed some things to me, and in that quiet time, just seeking seeking the Holy Spirit and seeking um, 
that I'm able to like journal and write my thoughts down and that, um, yeah, it's that just making, making that a priority. And, um, another thing I just want to kind of echo with Teresa, like I've just decided, I mean, another thing that helps me grow in my faith is sometimes the questions my kids ask. And it's just like Kaylin, he said, mom, how old was David when he fought the giant? And I'm like, I'm not sure, but he was kind of young. Like, he's like, was he 15? Maybe. Like, just thinking about these, and he's like, are these stories real? And I'm like, yeah, they are real. Just thinking about what we are reading in the Bible and just letting it touch our hearts and really impact us and taking it for what it is. I think that I've just found myself even just reading through... um, the story of the crucifixion, and even though it's so familiar, and we've I've heard it and read it a bunch of times, just allowing it to really sink in, and and finding myself in tears, just reading through it, and so I think just opening opening up my heart to God, like it hasn't been God that's like it's when I'm distant, it's because I haven't made that a priority. So that's what I'm trying to do. And how about for you, Teresa? Um, what have you been doing lately that's been helping you grow your walk with God? So for the first um, couple of months of this year, I kind of God kind of revealed to me that I um, was doing a lot of praying, but never praying for myself um, or for anything that I may need. So um, we, Laura and I actually went to a... Um, kids ministry conference in Winnipeg and I went to a breakout session um, on prayer and the speaker actually was like kind of told her own like prayer story like how she had um, kind of the journeys she had gone through and felt like she was like telling my story exactly Um, she had felt like um, she was never praying for herself and maybe because she was proud um, and didn't you know, want to ask for help from anyone, like even in daily life. And um, then to ask help from your creator felt like even bigger. Um, And so I actually talked to her after that breakout session and she, she didn't have a lot to say to me, um, but she did pray for me and um, that was really meaningful. And since then, um, it's something that I've really been trying to work on. um, And, you know, letting that pride thing kind of take a back seat and realizing that like I do need to pray for myself and not just all the other people around me and um, or my kids or my family um, but sometimes we actually do need to to ask for help for ourselves um, so that's been really big and actually um, in the month or two um, after that happened and I was really working on it I found that I had like probably between eight and ten um, prayer requests answered, prayers answered, um, which was really kind of cool and like kind of an immediate, that immediate like um, gratification, I guess. Um, So that was neat. Um, A second thing um, is that I think, um, as Jill had said, listening to our kids, um, I have a six-year-old who one day got asked if she could get on her knees in the kitchen and pray for a little boy who was handicapped in her school. And um, just seeing, like, the faith of the children in our kids' own um, and and my own kids at home and the questions that they ask and the things that they 
say and do that we maybe feel like self-conscious about and that they have, they don't have that. And they have like this really real connection to God, even though they may maybe are not as mature in their faith, they have this really real connection um, that I think is really, really neat. And I think we can learn a lot from them. So I've been trying to really learn from the kids, actually, from your kids um, in Kids Zone, and it's been really, really amazing. Um, and the third thing, um, this is the last one, I promise. <laughs> the third thing is that um, this is, has to do specifically with the, our baby story, um, was that um, I was completely at peace with not having a baby. Completely at peace with it. We have two beautiful daughters, um, and I was at peace with it. And I think having peace um, in your heart about all things, um, even when, you know, it might be still something that you really desire, but being at peace with whatever God has decided is going to happen or whatever plan he is or journey he has set you on. Um, and it wasn't until that peace came that God sent us this great, this beautiful gift. So I think um, having peace in our heart is really um, an important step and something that God desires for us. Well, thank you to the three of you um, for being willing to share your stories for this. You can grab a seat. So one of the common threads between their three stories um, was prayer, was connecting with God on a, on a deeper level on a regular basis. And so this morning, uh, in just a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you have, a, have a, a story of what God's been doing in your life that you want to share, I'm going to give an opportunity for that. And we do that through a platform um, called YouVersion. If you have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, you can go to the events tab and search for Grand Valley and you'll find us there. Um, or we're going to pass a mic around. We're, we're going to have an opportunity if you just want to speak up and share, you know, this is what God's been doing in my life. But before we get to that, there's two passages of scripture that I want to share as an encouragement for our church. Um, And both of these passages come from the New Testament, and they were written by a guy named Paul. And I want to give you a little background on Paul before we get to these two passages. See, Paul wasn't always named Paul, actually. In fact, his name originally was Saul. Now, what was happening was after Jesus' death and his resurrection, his disciples started telling people about Jesus and started telling people about the connection with God that they could have through faith in Christ. And what happened was people were responding and people were coming to know Jesus. Even though he'd already died and been resurrected and rose to heaven, the church was growing. But that really upset the religious leaders of the day. That upset the, the status quo as things around the, the Mediterranean Rim in the first century, century were changing so rapidly because of these early Christians. And so Saul was one of the men commissioned to persecute and kill Christians. His job was to travel from city to city to persecute and kill people who believed in Jesus. And so one of these times as he was traveling, he was going to Damascus, and he was traveling with some companions and heading there. And what happened was Jesus decided to show up in a powerful way, and he showed up to to Saul in this bright, blinding light, completely took away Saul's vision and said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? See, now Saul was confronted with something. He was confronted with the reality that this, this Jewish rabbi that he thought was tearing everything apart and destroying what was good about their society appeared to him and spoke to him. And Saul had this moment of choosing, what am I going to do? 
And so after Jesus left, the companions, the people that were traveling with Saul, they heard the voice, but they didn't see the blinding light. They didn't see Jesus' presence the way that Saul did. But Saul, after that encounter, was blind. He couldn't see. And so they led him into Damascus, where he spent three days without eating or drinking, blind, unable to see, not knowing what God was going to do next. And at the same time, just a few streets away, there was a man named Ananias who was a follower of Christ. And in prayer one day, the Holy Spirit started speaking to Ananias and said, you need to go to this house and you need to go pray for Saul. Now, Ananias knows Saul's reputation and he refuses initially. He says, I don't want to go. And the Holy Spirit says to him, you must. You're going to see what Saul is going to achieve. And so Ananias, in an act of faith, goes to the house where Saul is and prays for him. And something like scales falls away from Saul's eyes and his vision is restored. See, this was a defining moment for Saul. And in fact, shortly after this, Saul changes his name from Saul to Paul. He completely does a complete, does a 180 in his life. He completely changes as he takes on this new mission, this new commission that God has given him. And so Paul starts his journey as an apostle, as a church planter. And he begins in Jerusalem where he meets with the other believers. And at first, they're, they're skeptical of him. Is this just some trick? But a man named uh, Barnabas takes Paul under his wing and the two start working together. And very quickly, it's apparent that there is a special anointing. There's a special call on Paul's life. And so Paul begins these journeys where he travels from city to city telling people about Jesus. And what he does is in each place he goes, he plants a church, a group of people who devote themselves to following Jesus, to living as a community, to caring for one another. And so this happens, and for years Paul travels, and he gets arrested, he gets beaten, he gets thrown in jail, he gets shipwrecked even at one point, and they barely survive. But every time, Paul knew this mission that God had for him. And in fact, even as Paul's life was carrying on, he knew that he was going to get arrested. His, his companions tried to get him to not go back to Jerusalem, but Paul knew he needed to. And when he was there, he was arrested and transported by Rome to Rome, a city he'd always wanted to get to. But because Paul was limited by travel, he wrote letters. And he wrote letters to the churches that he had planted and to the churches that he visited And we're going to take, um, we're going to look at two verses from these letters. And there's more letters that he wrote, but these are the ones that became part of our scripture, part of our New Testament. And I want to focus on these today because they speak to Paul's life and they speak to what you've heard about here, about how our lives can be changed and transformed by Christ. And so this first one comes from 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Think about what that means for Paul to say that. His name was Saul before. His job was to kill Christians to persecute them, to get them to renounce their faith, to try and stamp out Christianity, to stamp out the followers of Jesus. But now he's the foremost church planter. He's being sent by God in this mission. Think about what that means. Anyone, that includes you and me, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Some translations say has become a new creation. We get remade and we become new 
through what Jesus does in our lives. So no matter where you're at in your life, whether maybe you're sitting here listening to these stories and thinking, man, that's really nice for them, but I sure haven't felt anything like that. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, I have these doubts and these fears and these questions about faith that I just can't handle. I just can't wrestle with. Look at this. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. We're still going to wrestle with stuff. We're still going to struggle. We're still going to try and find out more about what it means. But the promise that Jesus is making to us through scripture that Paul wrote about was that we become a new person. A new life begins when we take that step of faith. And a little later on, Paul is writing to the Philippian church, another church that he planted and visited many times. And this is right at the very beginning, Philippians 1, verses 3 to 6. He says this, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I'm certain that God, who began the good work in you, will continue this work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Let's just unpack that for a moment. See, Paul's telling this church, he's encouraging them, saying, I'm thinking and I'm praying about you often. And I make these requests with joy, with happiness. He's excited about what God is doing in this Philippian church. And he says about this, he encourages them because they've been partners in spreading the good news. That means spreading the message of Jesus, telling people about what Jesus has already done for them and how they can freely access what God has for them. And then there's this promise in verse 6. I am certain that God, who began the good work in you, will continue this work until it's finally finished on the day when Jesus returns. See, every one of us, is still a work in progress. And the promise that God makes is that he is not done with us. Monroe was, was talking earlier, but he says, you know, how am I still going to grow when I'm older, when I'm, you know, more advanced in age? But as you see that, Monroe is still growing. God is still teaching. God is still revealing, even telling him that his wife was right all along about the jacket. Sorry, Monroe. But here's the part I want us to focus on. No matter what, God is not done with us. God is not done with us until Jesus returns. And on top of that, Paul is giving this Philippian church a challenge. He's saying, I'm making these requests because you have been partners in spreading the good news. See, at the time, Christianity was such a small percentage of the world. And the church had a task and the church had a mission to share the message of love, of hope, and of redemption that Jesus offers. That's what Paul was encouraging the churches to. And that's what I want to encourage us as we think about these stories we've heard. And in a moment, there'll be some more opportunities to share some stories. But God has given us a mission. He's made us a new creation. He's given us the task of sharing his love and his hope and his redemption And he promises that he is not done with us yet. God is never done with us. No matter where you're at, God still has the next step for you. And maybe he's waiting with that step for you to take it. And maybe as you're sitting here, you might even know what that step is. And so I just want to encourage you to lean into it. Maybe that step is is prayer about even trying to say, okay, God, I want you to speak to me. 
I, lo- I love the line um, one, of the peop- one of the persons up here said about saying, make me sensitive to your spirit. Make me aware of when you're speaking. Maybe that's the next step for you. To ask God to say, can you make me aware of what you're doing? And so I want to open this up to you. And we're going to put two questions up on the screen um, here. And uh, if you type something in on the app, it'll pop up on my screen here. So for that first question, what's God been doing in your life lately? Um, I'm just going to read one of the, uh, the responses here of saying he's shown his strength and my calling in the most interesting of ways. How God's been showing this calling, this term of saying there's something more that God has for this person. And so Drew's at the back there. He's got a microphone. If you want to speak up, if you want to share something on this question, just stick your hand up and Drew will bring you a microphone so we can hear. But what's something God's been doing in your life lately? Um, so let's give a moment for Drew to bring the mic over. Actually, in the past uh, few months, I've been struggling with a personal question. I said, there seems to be so much of evil that's happening around the world and North America, even in Canada. So many, so many examples of how evil seems to be triumphing over good. And, uh, and last month, or I think I just finished my study of uh, the minor prophet, the book of minor prophet Habakkuk. And I don't even know how many of us know. I, I mean, I have never done a deep study of that book. It's about this question and answer that goes on between Habakkuk complaints and then God responds. And there's one in verse, second chapter, there's a verse called, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. And that hit me. I said, how silent am I before him? So this is something that I think I've learned a lot to just sit in front of him, to be silent, keep my my, my lips, you know, zipped up and try to listen to him. And again, it's, it's in alignment with so much that we have spoken about this morning. Yeah, it's, it's that question that, that every one of us has and wrestles with at some point about when our media and our news only focuses on the evil and the bad. Oftentimes we don't see the fact that God is still in control. And the other part of that too is we don't hear the stories of what God is doing that is good. In fact, um, uh, two weeks ago, I was in Calgary, where our larger family of churches has a gathering every two years. Um, and I can't share the stories that were told because I'm recorded and we put this up on our podcast. And they're stories that we, we can't share when we're recorded. But the stories of what's happening around the world, just, just maybe as an encouragement, of where God is moving are insane. Like I was sitting there seeing, feeling like this can't be true. And so I actually like sought out one of the people afterwards. I'm like, is this really true? What you're saying is happening. They're like, yes, 100%. That's what God's doing. But those are the stories that don't make the evening news. They're the stories where God is moving in hard and difficult places. And so I just want to encourage you on that. Like, God is still in control. It's just the problem is sometimes our ears are more open to what's bad than what's good. Um, I think we had another over here. What's God been doing in your life lately? I just wanted to share on the message uh, that you were speaking about, Paul. And how that message impacted my life uh, many years ago. It was the first message I heard after sitting around a campfire drinking. And I uh, very clearly heard God speak to me in that moment. He said, Rod, where's your friends? And I looked around and I said, well, they all left. 
He said, yes, you're all alone. And uh, the fire in front of me, he says, you're all alone. You're drunk and you're sitting by the fire. The next, you know, if something doesn't change, you can end up all alone and in the fire. And it was just a a wake-up call for me, like, immediately. And the very next morning, I went to church I called a friend who lived the same life as I had and said, you know, I need a change. I need something to happen in my life. And uh, that morning the message on Paul was uh, brought forth. And it just made me realize that no matter how much of a monster I have been in my life and the wickedness and evil that I've done, God can still change me. He can still use me for his glory. And that was the starting point of an ongoing journey in my life. And it was a a real turning point in God starting to work in my life and Mm -hmm. many experiences. So I just thought one step for helping me grow deeper was sharing this story with you this morning. Anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And that's an awesome story of that. Let's move on to the second question. What's something that's been helping you grow deeper in your faith? What's maybe uh, you know, a practice or something you've been leaning into or something that's helped encourage you to take that next step forward? And uh, one of the comments that came in here online was just saying stories and conversations about prayer, uh, like those shared today, um, responding to situations with prayer, and especially talking about it and praying it with others. I mean... Prayer is a pretty big theme there, but what else? What's something that's maybe been encouraging you um, to take the next step and walk deeper in your faith? Does anyone have something they'd want to share on that? Um, Yeah, we've been talking a lot about prayer this morning, but prayer was always something that I struggled with. I always felt like I would pray and then my mind would wander and... Um, somebody had told me you should, you know, write everything down in journal, but I always felt silly doing that and thought it was ridiculous, but how ridiculous that I was blocking myself from God's voice and blocking myself from like a deeper relationship with him and blocking myself from just feeling peace and being able to pray and have a relationship. And so it was just, um, a realization for myself that me feeling ridiculous was just, the enemy trying to stop me from praying and uh, so now I write it all down and I still feel a little silly but I make sure that I do it Um, and and it's really changed my life for sure thanks for sharing that any going once one up here Drew just quickly I think it's been alluded to several times today but for me it's been having time or making time to be alone with God um, you kind of heard in Rod's story, even he was alone around the campfire when God speaks. And it so frequently seems to me that um, that the times when I grow deepest in my faith are often times when I've created space in my life to be able to um, to seek him. It seems that he is always there. His word says that, that if we seek him, we will find him. And it seems that I'm so prone to filling my life up with a whole bunch of things so that I don't have time to seek him. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever I create that space... Um, on purpose, um, he's there and is very faithful. And it's seldom, if ever, that I don't grow deeper um, in those times. So, 
just encouragement that that's maybe one place to go. Not saying it's not good to be here in church either, <laughs> together, but um, but that time alone is so so important. I think. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. See, and that fits in with the, that second passage about Philippians one verse six. Paul says, I'm certain that God who began the good work in you will not be finished until the day when Christ returns. God wants to work in our lives. Coming to a relationship with Christ is not the end of a journey. In fact, it's just the start. There is no arrival point where suddenly we know everything we need to know and we have the relationship with God that we need and we can just coast for the rest of our lives. That doesn't exist. In fact, following Christ is always saying, what's the next step? What's the deeper place? What's the deeper connection in the relationship with God that he desires for us, that's calling us to take that step forward? And so let me, I just want to close our service by praying for us, that as a community of faith, we would just dive deep into this, that this would be something that we celebrate and something we encourage and spur each other on with. Let's take a moment and pray together. Father, thank you for the ways that you call us deeper. Thank you for the stories that we've heard of lives being transformed, of decisions being made and choices being shaped, and even the precious gifts that you give us. Father, I pray that we as a community of faith, that we would dig into this deep, that we would press forward into your presence. Father, would we know the depth of your love and your joy and your peace and your hope that you have for us. And Father, may we know that you are not done with us, that you have a bigger call, that you have a task ahead of us in whatever area of our lives that may be, but would we be receptive to your Holy Spirit as you guide and lead us in these ways. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Folks, thank you for being here and being part of our Celebration Sunday. Just one more reminder, next Sunday, take a Sabbath, relax, enjoy, connect with God in your own ways. Maybe take some quiet alone time, as you've heard about today, and then we'll be back here July 8th, starting our series on water, and it's one you're not going to want to miss. It's something you're going to want to be here for. Folks, have a great week. We'll see you here on July 8th. We hope this message helped you to take the next step in your faith journey. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us Sundays at 11 a.m. You can find out more about us by going to mygrandvalley.ca.